This is episode 78. In this episode, you will meet Jennifer Abreu, a Latina journalist. Jennifer is a morning news anchor in Springfield, Missouri. We will be going over on what it's like to be a Latina journalist in the newsroom. Therefore, if you're an inspired journalist, especially Latina or Latino, keep listening because it's about to get good. Hello, I am your host, Jasmine Perry, and welcome back to another episode of Epifania Presents Relate and Elevate. Hello, my name is Nicole Moreno-Dinser, and welcome to Epifiana Presents Relate and Elevate. It's a podcast where Latinx and Latina entrepreneurs share their stories. We here at Epifiana believe there is no right way to be Latinx or Latina. So immerse yourself in our culture, and thank you. I am here with our special guest. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, um... My name is Jennifer, like you just said, and I'm a morning news anchor on Color 10 in Springfield, Missouri. I am originally from Brazil, so this is going to be a very interesting conversation um, about my background and how I identify and um, being in the newsroom, especially in the Midwest. So I'm excited. And yes, and as a Latina journalist like myself, how do you self-identify? Like, what does cultural identity mean mm-hmm. to you? Mm-hmm. This is a really interesting question because this is something I've been thinking about, I would say, fairly recently trying to figure that out. Um, just a couple of months ago, actually last month, yeah, in, in October um, was Hispanic Heritage Month. And in the newsroom, um, my news director assigned me all of the Hispanic Heritage stories. And the thing with this, you know, the word Hispanic or the word Latino, Latina, and how we identify is something I've been thinking about for a long time. And being from Brazil, I think it's different for me than it is for someone who is from a Spanish speaking country or someone who does identify as Hispanic. I think a lot of times in this country, people use them interchangeably and you can be both or either, depending where you're from or where your parents are from. But for Brazil, it's a little different because we are Latino, Latina, but not Hispanic. So with that said, uh, when things like that happen, like my news director saying, oh, Jen, you can do these stories. Sure, I can. And I love doing them. And uh, because I have more of the contacts in the community, I know how to tell these stories better. I know who to call. I know what what to cover, what to say, how to say it, um, because I am more involved in in the community because I identify and relate to that community more. Um, And I think the trouble I have with it is just, I I guess the the word Hispanic and and what it means and how it was created. And I I do identify as Brazilian, that's my nationality. That's where I was born and raised. And I do identify as Latina, especially here in the United States, because when you come here as an immigrant from another country, you want to feel welcome and feel part of something and belong, right? And with the Latino community, whatever, if I meet someone from Colombia, from Mexico, from Peru, Puerto Rico, Cuba, whatever, from any Latin country, it's like you immediately have something in common. You immediately can relate to even, you know, it's like that unspoken, it's something you don't even need to talk about. You just kind of understand and kind of just get each other. Um, I had a cousin visit from Brazil and when she came here just to visit, you know, she felt the same, even though we speak a different language, that is um, a little bit of a barrier. However, culturally, we're very similar and much more similar to other Latin countries than we are to American culture. If if that makes sense. Um, I think the the only difference is, is the language that separates us, but when it comes to a cultural level and um, family values and things like that, it's what connects us. So for those reasons, I do identify as Latina also because geographically we're in Latin America. So by definition, um, we are also a Latin country. No, yeah, and I, I totally agree with that because I remember because we, you, you and I used to work together. We worked mm-hmm, together at mm-hmm. Color Ten at the news station you, uh, you work at now. 
yeah, when I first met you, I'll never forget. I saw you in the bathroom and I was like, are you Hispanic? And you're like, <laughs> no, I'm Latina. And I was like, what's the difference? And really? like, I'm from- I don't remember well, like, that, I- but I didn't mean it like that. I hope it didn't come off no, that no, way. You like, no, you really like showed me like, you really like taught me that there is a big difference. No, there is because like Hispanic, because I'm Hispanic. I'm considered Hispanic because I was, you know, although yes, I was born in California. I was born in the Hispanic heritage with my mm-hmm. parents and all. And mm-hmm. I speak Spanish, but you speak Portuguese, correct? Yes. So you speak it, you write it, you read it, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So I remember you telling me, you're like, no, I, I am Brazilian and I was like, oh, wow. And it's, but because you are Hispanic, Latina, yeah. like, you know, like you're Latina, Latina, like uh-huh. we have that in common. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, she's Latin like me. Like we probably listen to the same, you know, like Spanish music or something. And we just, yeah. we can have that in common and just relate. And that is why I was like, this girl needs to be my friend because there's <laughs> no other Latina or Hispanic, but Jennifer. Maybe, yeah. uh, no, we had another one. I remember uh, Melanie Chapman. She's a reporter. I don't know if she's still mm-hmm, a reporter mm-hmm. there. But she told me she was like 25% like Mexican. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. And she, she knew a couple words. So it's just, it's nice because you feel more comfortable. You're in a newsroom, especially in the Midwest. You don't see yes. a lot of people who are Latin or Hispanic or speak at least the same languages in Spanish. But Speaking of that, do you know some Spanish? Because you, do. you're Portuguese. Yeah, I do. And that's the interesting part, too. And um, uh, if you, oh, man, it's so, it's such a mix. It's so crazy, you know, when you're talking about, like, identity and what you identify as and, and things like that. Well, with, so Spanish, yes, I know Spanish. And that's because I moved here from Brazil, went to high school, where there were a lot of Spanish speakers, a lot of Hispanic kids. So I learned Spanish as I was learning English. Also in Brazil growing up, we are, we are introduced to English and Spanish at a very, very early age. It's, it's like a regular, you know, the same way you take English, biology, science, whatever, you're taking mm-hmm. Spanish and English. And we know what it sounds like because we're also surrounded by the music. We're surrounded by um, countries that speak Spanish. So mm-hmm. the, you know, music in English, music in Spanish, we were kind of around it. So it's not really anything new or, or crazy to us. We know what it's supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's, it's a lot easier for a Brazilian person to learn Spanish than it is the other way around for a Spanish speaker to learn Portuguese, just because we are more surrounded by it, at, you know, growing up, um, because yeah. it's just a lot more prominent for us, because there are a lot more countries that speak Spanish. So I moved here in high school. There were a lot of kids who spoke Spanish. So I learned Spanish. I took um, Spanish in in high school and that that helped. And I think personally, I just have an easier time learning language. So that helps too, more on a personal level. Mm -hmm. But um, so, so yeah, just being, being around people who's my best friends. One of my best friends is Colombian. One of my best friends is Mexican. So being around them and their families and um, school in general and then music you know so but that is one of the things that I think is also confusing for other people who are not um, of Hispanic or Latino heritage who think mm-hmm. oh here's this girl who is slightly brown and she speaks Spanish and automatically label you and put you in a box you know mm-hmm. and it gets exhausting sometimes having to explain like here is um you know, not, not everyone is the same. And just because I know Spanish, like I know it can, can be kind of, kind of confusing, but it, it's not my first language. It's, it's something I learned, you know, when I moved here in high school and uh, yeah. So that's another thing. If I had a dollar for, or whatever, even a quarter for every time someone said, Oh, you're from Brazil. I took Spanish in high school. Like, it's not even the same thing. Like, where does that, you know, where does no, it's from? not. It's not. Um, it's very different. I've heard of Portuguese and uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah. I'll be like, what are they saying? I'll, I'll slightly catch some words though. It's kind of like Italian. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's yes, kind of like exactly. Italian. Like you'll, you hear some words like, oh, because I visited Italian before and they said bambino 
and I've heard Bambino uh-huh. before in the Mex- yeah. like Mexican household. I've heard Bambino wow. before. And that means yeah. that means like little kid, like little yeah, boy, like or a whatever. little boy, a boy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's how it, yeah mm-hmm. it is and with um Italian too yeah you hear some words and you're like actually like, I know what that means but yeah so so that brings me to my next question like how does the cultural identity like affect the way you work in the newsroom if you don't mind me asking like have you ever faced mm-hmm. struggles or if so like how have you moved past them and moved forward I wouldn't say any struggles per se I, I feel pretty lucky that nothing terrible has, has ever happened or anything that that I remember or or scarred me like that it's more of those little things subtle things that uh, I notice and I say subtle maybe it's because I'm just used to it they shouldn't be subtle they shouldn't happen you know things like my news director saying okay Jen you do all the Hispanic heritage stories but I honestly do you think it's because when you're in the news because people see your face do you think they, mm-hmm. is it so people can relate to you who are watching that segment? I don't think so. I think it's because she thinks, um, she thinks, okay, you're Hispanic you have more and, knowledge. You, and you have more knowledge. Yeah. So the, here's the thing too. I don't want to correct her and be like, okay, I'm not really Hispanic. This is what Hispanic means. Um, I would consider myself Latina, but I will do the stories because I'm covering Latin countries. I'm covering other Latinos. I'm not going to take the time to you know, have that conversation with her to be like, here's the difference between Hispanic and Latino. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, I understand why you're doing that. Um, you know, it's, it, it wasn't in bad, it wasn't in a bad way or anything. So things like that, or microaggressions, things mm-hmm. like, oh, your English is so good. Or, mm-hmm. oh, you're from Brazil. I know a little bit of Spanish. Or, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm, talking to my family on the phone at work oh that doesn't sound anything like Spanish just things like that that people say because they're clueless but yeah. nothing so bad that at least that you know like oh you won't get this job because of this or anything terrible like that or you can't cover this or because of this or you you should cover that because of that nothing like that I think um what I have experienced is just people sometimes just not knowing, mm-hmm. you know, with those comments and things that people say sometimes, but nothing um, so bad that made me feel really uncomfortable or anything directly said to me. Um, I think I've been pretty lucky to work with people who are good human beings, even though sometimes they might not quite understand the cultural differences and, uh, you know, those um those things that we know because we are Latino. Yeah, no, um, yeah. I was gonna say like, how long have you, how long have you been working at Color 10? Like, was that, was that your first news job or have you worked at other news stations before? I had worked at other news stations before. This is my third news station. Oh, I, okay. Yes. And I've been here five years. Okay. So that's what I was mm-hmm. going to ask. Like, that's what I'm asking because I'm like, you've been fortunate to not go through any of those struggles. And like at mm-hmm, color, mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have you gone through that in your other two last news stations? Yeah, this is all in general. It's not just here, you know, um, this is all in, in general things that, that have happened in the past. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Did you, uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, where other places have you been? So if you've done news stations here in Missouri, where mm-hmm. else? What other I, I have, I, so I started as a web producer in Lexington at LEX 18. And then I went to a station in Lima, Ohio. And then I came here to Colorton. So this is my third station, but my second station where I've been on air because that, uh, LEX 18 in Lexington, I was web. I was doing web producing. Okay. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I was going to ask you too, like, have you worked at other news stations? Um, so for young journalists who are inspired to be an anchor someday, because you're an anchor right now for a day break yes. in the morning. Uh, mm-hmm. So what's it like to be a morning news anchor? Because you started as a web producer, you said in your old Station. Yes, and now you're like at the top. Like this is where 
journalists want to be. Like, that is one <laughs> thing that, because, you know, I'm an inspired, like, broadcast journalist. My professor uh-huh. or advisor said, what do you want to do? I want to be an anchor. He's like, well, you have to start from the bottom. Okay. Uh-huh, you have to start uh-huh, from the uh-huh. bottom. You have to go and be, you know, an MMJ and stuff, a multimedia journalist. But you're a morning news anchor. So, for instance, tell us what you do from when you wake up, well, from when your shift starts mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. to when it ends. Tell me a okay. little bit about that. Yeah. So, right now, my shift is 3.30 a.m. to 11.30 noon. And the morning show is a little bit of a heavy lifting behind the scenes because it's such a big show we only do two hours here and then we have a lifestyle show that we do some content for and then we have an 11 a.m um show that's just a half hour and it's news so it we're actually pretty lucky because some stations depending on the station how big the market size they have morning shows that are four hours long they have multiple producers some are even longer they go from like 4 30 to nine or 10. It just depends. So our show is a pretty small show considering other stations. Some um, stations in Kansas City, for example, they have a show from 4.30 to 9 or 10, something like that. And they have multiple producers and things like that. So it's a pretty big show. Ours is only two hours in the morning. And then we have a lifestyle show that we also contribute and do a few segments for them. Um, so I come in 3.30, I read my shows, the two hours, the five o'clock hour, six o'clock hour. We produce headlines for them. The anchors do. Our producer is awesome. Very competent. She has the show pretty much done once when we come in and our job is to create those headlines, any other segments that we have shot the day before things like that. So just as an example, I'll give you an example of yesterday. So come in, read the five, read the six, make sure you know how to pronounce names, you know how to pronounce locations. I change scripts here and there, a few things that, um, not to, to change the content of the story, but just change up some words that, okay, I don't really use this word in my normal vocabulary, so I'm not going to say it. it just doesn't sound natural. I change the way, you know, sentences are structured to make it sound more natural to me. Um, things like that. You want to make sure you know what you're saying. You don't want to read it cold on air. Um, sometimes you don't have a choice and you don't have time, but I prefer to know because then it just sounds more natural and you know what you're talking about. And so then I produce headlines, which you find the headlines are talkers, Um, just what what's going on today, what are some fun topics we can talk about, Um, each of the anchors picks one or two, and uh, we produce that, you know, write it up, put it in the in the prompter, uh, find the photo, if it needs a photo, find the video, if it needs video, edit that video, send that video, create the full screen for it, if need be, Um, and Then we produce short little news hits for the lifestyle show, which we basically go through our show, Daybreak 5 and 6, pick out two to three minutes of news. We put it in the lifestyle show, and then we produce that. And when I say produce, I mean the images you see on the screen when people are talking, Mm -hmm. the the letters, the sentences, the names, the run on the bottom of the screen. We have to write those up. Um, and it's n- nothing hard, but it's just, you know, little things that add up. And so we produce those. And then sometimes for the morning show too, um, today I had a segment run that was about three and a half minutes and those I shoot separately outside of the show. I shot four of them, uh, yesterday. So then show is over at seven. We do the, the hits on the lifestyle show news hits and we do four of them. And then at nine 30, I had my guests come in and shot four segments with them. Um, And they're my month, they're my regular. So they come and we shoot like three to four segments. And then I save those, I edit those and those run weekly. So instead of having them come on the show live every week, we just get together once a month, shoot a few segments. So that's also our responsibility to book some segments and have have them run on the show. Sometimes we also do um, shoot stories like reporter stories. In fact, I have one that's sitting in, it's sitting there right now that I need to work on. I already shot it. I just haven't found the time to write it and actually air it. 
And those are just on a, on, you know, whenever you have time, because we're so busy with the shows. Um, so I do some of those sometimes. And then at 11 o'clock, we have the, the midday show and we help produce that too. We have a producer for it, but, um, we kind of help out finding national stories. What's the big national story for today and help with the producing. Um, and that is writing the stories, deciding, okay, do I want it in front of this monitor? How do I want it to look on TV? And then downloading that video, putting in the lowers or, or graphics that show up on the screen, um, downloading video, editing video, sending video. So doing a little bit of everything. The morning show is a beast. It's a lot of work. It's, um, it's a lot of work. There's a lot behind the scenes and it's, uh, it's teamwork. We have an amazing producer for daybreak and, um, that takes a lot of, a lot of work from us, from the anchors. So we can focus on anchoring, knowing your stories, focusing on the headlines and doing those things. But once that show is over at seven, we're on from, from five to seven. Once that show is over, we are already thinking about, okay, what's next for midday? We're doing cut-ins for the lifestyle, the news hits mm -hmm. for the lifestyle show, thinking about midday and what's next for tomorrow. Do I have a shoot today? Do I have to send any video for tomorrow? It's, it's ongoing. It's, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> no, I bet. And this is five days a week, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. How are you awake? How, how do you do it? I don't know. That's, that's another yourself. thing. Yeah. That's not even adding, you know, the sleep in there. So yeah, your, your schedule is, I feel like it's just a major change. Um, so you report on hard news, right? Hard so, news. Yes, we have hard news. And that's the beauty of daybreak and the morning show. And that's why I love it so much because we do the hard news that we have to do the stories we have to tell. And there's a lot of room for the fun stories and the conversations and just mm -hmm. to have fun. You definitely have to be a morning person. You do. I mean, you, you yeah. get used to it. <laughs> you you to have it. I would to never it. consider myself a morning person. I mean, waking well, up, even if you are a morning person, but two, uh, waking up at 2.30 or 3 o'clock, it's, yeah, it's rough. I've seen you, okay? You look like you look like you got full sleep. I don't know what concealer you're using, but it's helping because I'm like, wow, dang, like, look at her. Like, she's fully awake. She got her eight hours. <laughs> no, that's, that's probably what it is. It's probably the concealer because, and honestly, so when we get in there, we have a small group in the mornings and we just have to feed off of each other and wake each other up. And once yeah. it's five o'clock and you're in that studio, you just... You get that energy going and it helps out. It's that saying, it, um, teamwork makes the dream work, right? Absolutely. Like, I feel like yeah. you have to be a really good team and like pump each other up and mm -hmm. get the show started. Did you ever have it like in other interests besides reporting hard news, like sports or entertainment while studying? Like, did no. you ever say like, hmm, you never tried? No, no, not sports, not entertainment. What I do like... I do like hard news, but to be honest, I like more of the, the feature or human interest stories. Mm -hmm. And the morning show has allowed me to do that. I have a, a segment that's called Matters of the Art, where mm -hmm. we highlight uh, local artists. So I like that because it's not hard news. And that's something I, and that's the story that I'm working on now. I shot a story with a man who makes uh, wooden spoons and earrings out of wood and he sells his stuff at the farmer's market so I did you know went to his shop and got video of him working on stuff that mm -hmm. is the type of stuff I, I that I like um, I also do a segment called a better you where we explore different ways to just become healthier it's like a wellness thing you know and those, those are yeah. perfect for more I remember seeing because, that it was like a better yeah. you with a Jennifer Abreu and I was like yeah that that right <laughs> what you did there yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah so we tried different you know forms of workout I think the last one I did was hot yoga and we explored the benefits of it it's not yeah. just like oh look at this new workout I tried to get more of the journalism part of it is what are the benefits if someone has an injury can they still do it what you know what are some things that people should prepare for if they are coming to their first hot yoga class are there any concerns with the heat things like that mm -hmm. so kind of explore more of the science behind it things like that I have um 
dietitian come on the show also weekly to talk about just the segment that aired this morning. She was talking about iron deficiency. So mm-hmm. those things, that's what I'm more interested in, I think, um, than super hard news, although hard news is, is interesting. But I think I like more of those, either the 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 one the human interest stories like the artists or mm-hmm. the ones that are informational, like here's some good information you should know for your health or something you can learn from this dietitian or this doctor or this fitness instructor, you know, things like that. That is where I think my interest is. And that's why what the morning show allows me to do. We have a little bit more freedom because in the A block, the first block of the show, those first five minutes, it's hard news. Here's what happened. Here's the crime stories you need to know. But then the rest of the breaking news, the breaking news. And yeah. And then the rest of the show can be like, now we're going to tell you about some fun stories, some cool things going on around town or let me give you you the bad news. But then let me give and you then the, the good, good news. news. That's exactly. how I am. I want the bad news first, but then I want the good news after just to feel mm-hmm, good about mm-hmm. myself because no one wants to know. No one wants to be left sad. Nobody wants exactly. to be left sad. Yes, that's, so right. that's a good mm-hmm. way to put it so people will know because mm-hmm. not everyone knows. People just watch the news. Like mm-hmm. my mom watches the news and I have to explain to my mom about the blocks and she's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I just watch the news. And I'm like, mom they're talking about the car chase right now because that is important but later on they're going to talk to you about this new bakery that they just opened. yes yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's how it works but you're right the viewer doesn't realize that you know they watch something and they don't know why they like it or why they don't like it we know we try to format it in a way that flows but mm-hmm. that means nothing to the viewer. They're like, what do you mean in a way that flows? It's just, just tell me what it is, you know, but it does leave them feeling like you said, either sad or happy. And we try to format it that way. No. Yeah, definitely. No. So I get you, I get you. And uh, that's something that's <laughs> behind the scenes that our um, viewers don't understand, but that's why we're talking about it. So they can get like an idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you know how you were talking to me about like, you did a little bit of web producing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That kind of mm-hmm. like made me think if you could have done something different besides being a journalist, what yeah. would that have been or what external factor would you have wanted to go differently in the news industry? Like, would you have wanted to be a producer or a news director instead? If I didn't do this, Honestly, I have no idea what I would have wanted right now. I think of other options, but when I decided to do this, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I were to go back as a junior or a senior in college and decide, mm-hmm. okay, you can't do this. What else will you do? I have no idea. I would have done, I guess, I, I don't know. When I decided journalism, my other option for um, my major was criminal justice, which okay. I guess is kind of like related I to being, the hard I can see you being a cop. I can see you being a cop, like a mean cop too you'd be writing me tickets I'd be like oh so that yeah that's another thing I considered but um but I I other than that I don't know uh now I would consider the route that a lot of journalists take after a few years in in journalism uh PR Mm -hmm. or communications of some kind um things like that people make the shift to universities hospitals you know, other big companies like that and do PR communications marketing for them. I think that's a good fit um, with the skills that we develop as journalists. But um, uh, so, yeah, that's what I would consider now in the newsroom. If I am not talent, if I'm not creating stories, if I'm not on air, if I'm not writing the stories that, that I get to sometimes, if I'm not interviewing people and talking to people, I would not want to be a producer. I would not want to be a news director. I don't think that is for me. I like the people part of it. I like the interviews, the writing, and the the on-air performance, if, if you yeah. will, part of it. That's what I like. I like the, the live interviews. I like going out, interviewing people, writing those stories, and, and delivering those stories. That's the part that I like. Yeah, that's like, if you like people... That's mm-hmm. the number one thing. Mm-hmm. If you want to mm-hmm. be around people, if you like making people feel good, just talking. If you're just a talker, like like us, yeah, 
Just yeah, journalism. Exactly. <laughs> just journalism. It's an outlet to get all of yeah. that out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's very comfortable too. Sometimes I'm in public and you, you know, a couple events that people are like, oh, can you host this or talk here and there? I get so nervous. And people are like, how? Because you, you know, you're on TV every day, but it's different because in the studio, it's only a few of us. You're very mm-hmm. comfortable with those people and you're mm-hmm. just talking to a camera. It's different yeah. than talking to people a, and a real eyeballs on you exactly yeah because yeah. you don't know what people are saying or thinking you know it's it's a home. different skill yeah it's yes. a different skill no, I definitely so. I, I feel you so you were saying about like your junior year so like mm-hmm. prior to starting your career what inspired mm-hmm. you to be like a journalist like and mm-hmm. did you like well like what college did you go to and like what made you choose journalism I went to the University of Kentucky and I honestly can't tell you exactly why I chose journalism. I just think I fell into it because I always liked writing and Mm -hmm. I think it just kind of fit my personality with liking people, liking talking to people and the storytelling part of it in writing. So I started writing for the paper, the Kentucky Colonel at UK Mm -hmm. And uh, my very first article, the editor there, who was also a college student, but she was a little bit older, was very impressed. And she was like, oh, this is really good. We're going to save this for our our special edition on Thursday. And I was like, what? I just remember being so nervous when I made those first calls. And for the paper, you just call people on the phone. You don't need to go to them with a camera and all that. So it was a little bit less intimidating than TV. But I was still so nervous and um, I just put it together. And I think that was the moment I realized that, wow, maybe this is really a skill that I have. Maybe I'm good at this, that people were noticing like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, okay, I didn't think, you know, like I Mm -hmm. really didn't think it was, or I was just doing, you know, I'm supposed to do an article for my first journalism class. So that's what I did. So uh, I really enjoyed that. And then uh, it opened up uh, this whole world where it's like, as a reporter, yeah, I could go anywhere and say, I'm here with the Kentucky Colonel, any event that's going on on campus, I'm with the Kentucky Colonel, I'm, you know, I'm doing a story on this, do you want to talk to me? And people are like, yeah, it gives you kind of like, um, uh, you know, Harry Potter, they have the invisibility cloak that he puts on, like goes everywhere. Oh, gosh. That's yes. kind of like a protection of, I could go anywhere by myself. And just be in that space and be comfortable and Mm -hmm. people will talk to you. And, you know, it's, it's like, um, I don't know, it's like a free pass to anything, any event that you want to go to anybody who you want to talk to, you have that, that, that opportunity and people Mm -hmm. respect that. And people will either want to talk to you or not, especially if, you know, if you're doing a story on something good, you're like, Hey, you're doing this. That's super cool. Talk to me about it. And I also love just giving space and using that platform for people that are doing something cool, like either it's a nonprofit or a young kid who is doing something awesome for their communities, just using that and, you know, shining a spotlight on that. And everything about it, just, um, I really enjoy that experience. And that was my first experience with this is what you can do with journalism, tell people stories and um, covering these awesome events on campus that I would normally, one, not even find out about. And two, not go to, you know, and I get not only get to go, but I get to experience it from behind the scenes and and talk to people who are a part of this and see the impact that it has. Okay. So when you were a little kid, you weren't like, when I grab, I want to be a news lady. (laughs) No, no. And that's what's crazy about it. Like I never. That is. Uh, yeah, watch. Because I was, you know, I was like that when I was a kid. My mom would turn on the camera, and I would be uh-huh, like, uh-huh. "Hi, we're live here <laughs> at my Thea's house." You know, like I would just yeah. be that little girl, and my mom would be like, "Get out of the way! I'm trying to film yeah, your brother." So funny. Like, that's oh, so it's funny. my brother's birthday. How does it feel to be eight? Oh, (laughs) that's great. That's great. See, it's a childhood dream. Yeah. So I would do Mm -hmm. that and my mom would be like, oh my goodness. And like, Mm -hmm, I talk mm -hmm. a lot and I still do to this day. So my mom's like, it's good that you chose this field. (laughs) Yeah, I think so That's your thing. So (laughs) I think so too. But I will say that we would watch, um, this was a weekly 
news show um, in Brazil. And there was this reporter that she would go everywhere around the world just reporting on really interesting things. It wasn't necessarily breaking news or, you know, things like a war or anything like that. It was just really interesting places and things. And that is the part that I liked. I'm like, wow, she gets to go to all, all of these different places, learn about all of these different things. And I think the exploration part of it, the adventure and exploring and learning new things is what fascinated me um, about that and um, her job. And then about when I started writing for the paper is what I discovered, like, right, I really can learn anything and explore. And yeah. So because you watching her, is is she like a reporter or a news anchor that you, that you like follow to strive to be? Like, do you have one now or is she still it? So um, she is a Brazilian uh, journalist. And okay. to be quite honest, I don't know if she's still reporting um, because I used to watch her growing up. Her name is Gloria Maria. And she, I need to find her. I don't know that she's still reporting, but um, I would say if anybody, any journalist was the first one to inspire me, I would say it was her. And today I like watching younger women, especially women of color on mm -hmm. a national news. I mm -hmm. love Morgan Radford. She is on uh, NBC News and mm -hmm. MSNBC. She just recently started anchoring a show on MSNBC. And I think I like her reporting because one, um, she's young. She is maybe 32, 33. She's very young. Mm -hmm. And she is so good at what she does because she is very authentic. She's very herself. And she is always sharing um, personal stories in terms of not sharing personal stories of, about her because as a journalist, that you're not the story. But she mm -hmm. is not afraid to represent her community and really just tell the stories of her neighbors or, you know, um, her background, I, um, she's very open about who she is, where she comes from, her background, and she's not afraid of reporting on those communities. And just her personality and the way she goes about still being very professional and reporting the news and not making it about herself, still be genuine and authentic and be herself. It's that balance. Okay, so like, how, how do you say you're different from them? Like, do you use them like a role model to be like, okay, so this is what she reports on. This is how she acts. This is how she dresses. Like, do you try to like strive to be like them? You know what I mean? You know, when you have like a, like a role model mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, um, mm -hmm. they just push you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that I don't have anyone that I look up to in that way, but when I see her just as one example and, um, other women in the business, it, what it does for me is it allows me to just, instead of striving to be more like them or whatever they're doing, it allows me to go more inward and think about how can I be more myself? How can I be more, you know, just as they are them and they go for the stories that they like covering that they like doing, how can I find that for me? I don't necessarily mm -hmm. think about, okay, that person is doing that story. What story in my community can I do that's like that? Not yeah. like that. It's more like, oh, she found her her path. Like she loves political stories and she's doing so mm -hmm. great and she's so you know successful and got a new job and covering the political stuff. Poli I know political stuff is not for me. I'm not going mm -hmm. to look at someone and say, oh, I need to be more like her. So I need to dress like her and report like her. No, I'm like, how can I achieve that success? And and um, being satisfied and happy in my career, being more like me, like, what is it that will make me happy and successful? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, how yeah. can I like achieve those things, um, but not necessarily looking for, you know, being like someone or something like that. It's just looking more inward. And then that's where those things come come to play. The segments that I told you about, you know, doing things here in my community that my newsroom allows me to do. And that's one great thing too. I, you know, these are the things that I always like saying that fuel my soul, that I always feel rejuvenated. And I feel like, wow, this is what I do this for is when I do those interviews, when I do those 
um, those stories that, that I enjoy doing is finding that, like, what is make, going to make me, like, the cliche, the best version of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. That's because we all, I feel like, I feel every journalist has a favorite journalist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, on TV. yeah, like we all yeah. like look up to someone and be like, wow, like I want to be like that someday. Obviously, mm-hmm. everyone is different. Everyone has different paths. Everyone has different beats in mm-hmm. reporting. Yes. I mean, another example, too, is Oprah. She's not a, a, I don't know if she would still consider herself a journalist because she interviews people all the time. She started out as a reporter. That didn't work out for her, but she found her path and she found her thing and that is one thing I always keep in mind it doesn't have to be the traditional you go to local news and then you go to national news you go to network and that's what you strive for when I first started that was what I was thinking because hey that's the path everybody takes right but now I'm thinking it's not really like that you find whatever it is that that you want to do you can go and be Gail or you can go and be Oprah or you can mm-hmm. go and do something completely different, no. you know? No, definitely. So out of all news stations in the market, like, is there a news station you would like to work at? You know, like the big markets. I'm talking about like CNN, yeah. Fox. Like, is there one that is like your dream job? Like, you want to be like, I made it. Mm-hmm. I, made it. I don't right now. And uh, you caught me at a very mm-hmm. interesting um uh, phase in my life, I guess. If you had asked me that question a couple of years ago, I would have a specific answer. But I think right now it's to me, it's about whatever works for me, whatever works for my family, whatever is going to make me happy at the time. When I first started out and up, up until a couple of years ago, it was all about the next step, right? I came to Springfield thinking about, I got to get this experience, I got to go to a bigger market and then a bigger market and then a bigger market and then network. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal. And that's the only way. And that's the only path to success today. I don't feel that way anymore. Um, if it works out, it works out. If that mm-hmm. is where I land, that's where I land, but I'm not crazy about it, you know, because I think as young journalists, you have this idea of success and then life and things don't work out exactly mm-hmm. how you thought it would or exactly how you want it and then you're disappointed and then you figure out that hey this is just life and there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with, with what you were doing and we also do a lot of comparing like oh look at this person they went to this market they just got a new job here they just got a new job there but the more you're in this business you learn that things are not as great as they seem we know that this industry is not as glamorous as it seems. And then you start considering other things too, like family, quality of life and things like that. So I I do love it. I love mornings. If I could um, anchor a morning show in a big market, I would love that. I love mornings. Yeah. I This I have learned about um, this business and, and in journalism and working in newsroom. Mornings are my favorite because we do hard news, but we have fun too. And people yeah. can start their days with us. I, I do like mornings and that is something I would like to stick with if I can uh, handle the schedule and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the alarm clock. Uh, that's something I would like to do. And obviously, I think network and uh, reporting for a major network gives would give me that experience of explore, exploring the world. You can cover stories all over the world. That would be cool, you know. No, definitely. And then I feel like being, you know, Latina journalist, I feel like you can relate to the audience and you people watch morning news when people go to work. So I'm pretty sure like, I don't know if it's happened to you, but do people like ever recognize you? Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah. And what do you say? Do you just be like, yeah, that's me or no, it's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think sometimes there's no way you can't deny it, you know, and people like that. And I like that, too. I really appreciate it when you can meet someone who watches and it gives you that human perspective, because we are talking to a camera, you don't get that interaction and that feedback. So when we do have you met, it's have you met any Brazilian like people in the in your community, like who watch you? I I know some people, but not because of my job. I just knew mm-hmm. them before. Yeah. 
Okay. So since yeah. you speak more than one language, do you think it's easy or difficult to be hired in local news stations? And have you ever like interviewed anyone with your native language or even helped mm -hmm. translate by any chance? Has that happened? I think it helps knowing other languages, especially mm -hmm. Spanish, because it's more common. It does help you when you're looking for a job, because that means you can interview more people and you will uh, be someone who will relate to that community and that will give you more story ideas. So I think that helps. I think news directors love that. Mm -hmm. And anything that's different that can add, um, you know, your coverage area, if you will, it's more people you can reach out to, communicate with and relate to that can help mm -hmm. you out. Definitely. I have used some Spanish before to interview people. I have never, well, I don't think I've ever used uh, Portuguese to interview people um, because there's just not enough Brazilian people where I live. Mm -hmm. so it's not something I use for work a lot not um, even, what about be, what about before like in Kentucky mm, no, no no not in Kentucky and not in, in Lima either I have never lived anywhere with enough Brazilian people where that's a community we cover um, there mm -hmm. are a few Brazilian people here in Springfield but I just know them personally um, and we have interviewed a couple couple of them before and they've come on the show for certain stories and they're international mm -hmm. students at MSU So all of our interviews have been in English. I have interviewed a couple of people in Spanish and that's mm -hmm. just because, you know, there are more Spanish speaking people in the United States so that, and here in the area where I live too. So I've done that, but never, I've never reported in any other language and I don't think I would want to, and I don't think I'd be good at it. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, I was like, would you want to work at a like, at a news station in Brazil, like if they gave you the opportunity, would you do it? I think I would do it because I'm all about go ahead and, you know, it's an adventure. Let's, let's take yeah. the challenge. I'm all about Especially the if it's a more, if it's morning news, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, it's not something I have, I've thought about. It's not something I've, uh, yeah, I've considered, but I think I would do it if the opportunity came along and I think it would be a transition. I would have a lot to learn. Um, yeah, because it, it's different because when you are just used to talking, you know, like your, your normal self and very mm -hmm. casual TV speak is a little different. I'm used to the English now, but uh, I would have some, uh, I would have to practice some before I did that. No. Yeah. No, that's how I would be. I like, I would do <laughs> Spanish news. My mom's like, you should do like Telemundo news and all that and I'm like mm -hmm. mom I yes my Spanish is my first language but mm -hmm. I'm so used to English my friends mm -hmm. speak English my cousins families never yeah. speak English my husband only speaks yeah. English I only use Spanish when it comes to my parents sometimes mm -hmm. with my brothers mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what what advice can you share for anyone who is Latino or Latina and is inspired to be a journalist I think you have to really love it and you have to love it for the right reasons. And when we say journalism, it's very broad. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about, you can do hard news, you can do sports, you can do entertainment feature, all kinds of things. Whatever you do, it has to be your passion. Um, at the heart of what I do, local news, anchoring or reporting, it has to be the storytelling, it has to be the writing, it has to be the people. It can't be for any other reason. If you just want to be on TV, this is not for you. You need to be a host and not a, a journalist. If you want to be an anchor, you do need to have some experience reporting. Um, because with anchoring, it's not just e you reading the news. You're just not on TV. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And you become a leader in the newsroom. You have to know what to do if the prompter goes out. And it will. You have to know what to do if you have 30 seconds left with no script or two minutes left with no script. You have to know what to do if you have no video, if something goes wrong. You are, one um, professor once told me, you're the captain of the ship and you have to take that ship where it needs to go. You are not just there to look pretty and read. You know, mm -hmm. you have to look good and professional, but you have to know what the story is. You have to know what you're talking about. And... Um, The only way to prepare you for that is 
I think the reporting helps a lot because then you know what your reporters are going through. You, you know what it takes to get there. Um, and um, that way your reporters will also look up to you and trust you uh, with anything in the newsroom. So and it's you know a team team effort with everything that that goes on and you got to know that too that it's not just you you have your directors the people behind the camera your producer everyone who does everything upstairs the audio person who makes sure your mic is working mm-hmm. um if you have someone running prompter for you that too we run our own prompter here sometimes most of the time but yeah even the the littlest things like that it's um knowing that it's a team effort so I think just having it in your heart and knowing that it's going to be hard. I mean, especially if you go the local news route, it is um, it it can be exhausting sometimes. So you have to really know that you gotta you're going to put in your dues for the first few years, and um, you, your heart's got to be in it. Otherwise, you, you won't survive. It can be it can be tough. It can you know I mean just the hours alone will be difficult, and sometimes you got to work holidays and things like that. So would you say those are the pros and cons of being a journalist? Like you have yeah. to work hard. Mm-hmm. The cons, definitely the hours, working holidays, um, the pay, especially when you start out, it is not great if you're doing local news. And that's the thing I'm talking specifically about my experience in local news. Um, I'm sure it's probably the same for, you know, the paper and things like that. If you're writing, um, those would definitely be the cons and moving you will move away from family you because with local news it's wherever you get the job you move there and um, you got to do your two or three years of your contract um yeah and then sometimes you have to mmj sometimes you don't have a photog so you have to shoot your own stuff and carrying the camera everywhere and you edit your video you write your own stuff you do your own makeup all of that so you're always on the deadline in, in, a, in a newsroom. Oh, yes, yes. All and time. story ideas. You got to come up with story ideas. Got to know your community. and <laughs> You got a busy eight-hour shift. I don't mean to scare people, <laughs> but it, it, it is. That's how it, it is. is um, you do get lunch, what, though. You do get a break. You get a lunch break. <laughs> well, sometimes. When I was reporting... Oh. When I was reporting, sometimes you, I would just eat in the car on my way from a story to the station because you don't have, especially from MMJing, you don't have time to eat. Um, not every day is like that, though, but you will have days where you just grab something, eat in the car on the way back to the station because you're also driving yourself everywhere. But some days are better. Some days, you know, you have a photog. Some, some days you do have time to stop and grab something to eat or have a break. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have those days, too. Um but I say all of this, yes, I say all of this to say, well, I also heard too, that before you decide what you want to do for a living, you need to take not the best day. Cause often we look at successful people and their best days and we decide that's what I want to do. You should look at the worst day in that profession. What is the worst day that they go through? And can I live with that sometimes, you know, yeah. and if you're okay with that, then, then you, you should do that. Um, yeah. I think the pros is one. You, especially now with where I'm at now, I get to be myself. I get to be myself, mm-hmm. do my job. I get to pick the stories that I want to report on. I love that part of it. And you have so much fun. You meet so many people every day. You're meeting someone new. You're learning something new. And you are helping that person share their passion or their accomplishments, whatever that is. That's for the good news, you know. And whenever you have to report on, bad news what we would call bad news or the sad news or whatever you're informing people about hey this is something important and what are we going to do about it are we going to you know here are the things that should change if this is something that's wrong or um, you're always learning and always informing people of what they should know when I was reporting I loved also doing stories on legislation hey, this legislation is changing. This is how it affects your life. This is how much more taxes you're going to have to pay. Things like that, that people are not going to pull up HB 1060 and figure out and read it and figure out what it means. You know, we have the opportunity of like, hey, I read it for you. This is what it means. And this is how it's going to impact you, your house, the taxes you pay or whatever. No, definitely. I definitely yeah. agree on that. So, and much more, the- you know, we, ha- we have a guest come on the show and bring food and things like that. 
<laughs> but you do get to have a lot of fun and uh, explore and learn new things every day. No, yeah. Uh, so tell me, what's your favorite technological tool that you use now when sharing your work? Again, how has or does it improve your followers and likes? You mean online, like social media? Yeah, like are you using Facebook and are you yeah. using Instagram? Like, does that impact like nowadays with people? Because not everyone watches the news yeah, on TV. People go sure. online and get their news from their web. Yeah, for sure. I use Facebook and Twitter and I'm trying to use Instagram more for the news side of it. And um, Facebook is where I get most of my interaction. Our viewers mm -hmm. from viewers from people who I know are community members who are also watching, they're on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. Excuse me. Twitter, I like, but I feel like Twitter, it's where I connect with other journalists and other professionals. It's, I would say it's not necessarily our viewers, but I like it too. And then on Instagram, I'm just now trying to use it for news because I know a lot of people are on Instagram. And if they just see, you know, a story on Instagram or a post and that is where they get their news, then that's mm -hmm. fine. Um, just today, I posted an update to a major murder investigation, missing person investigation out of Dallas County on Instagram, because I feel like younger people especially are on there. And mm -hmm. even if it's just, and that's how they're going to get their news. It's a story on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not necessarily going to go to ozarksforce.com to read all the details. So I'm trying to use it more and trying to figure out a way how to make news less boring on Instagram. It's still yeah. something I'm trying to figure out. But Facebook and Twitter, definitely just to get it out there. Especially to target like your younger crowd, because mm -hmm. the younger, you know, younger adults, they need to know what is going around in their local mm -hmm. community. So yeah. where can people find your professional page online Gosh. on social media? If you want to go ahead and share um, for our listeners. Yeah, so go both on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. It's just Jennifer Abreu TV. Um, and it's just one N, Jennifer, just one N, and Abreu, A-B-R-E-U. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. LinkedIn as well. <laughs> Yay. Okay, great. So our viewers, or I mean listeners, I should say, uh, could find you. And that is great because all this information that you're telling me, what it's like to be a Latina journalist in the newsroom, it's super, super handy. So before we go, I want to ask you, what's the last book you read and the book you recommend, if you have read any? Oh, my gosh. Right now, I am listening to What Happened to You. It is by Oprah. And I forget. Let me look at the doctor who co-wrote it with her. And I was just listening to it earlier today, too. It okay. is... Dr. Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. And that's the book I'm listening to right now. I highly recommend it. And this is one that is, especially if you work with children, um, mm -hmm. it's very helpful. It's one of those things, I guess, my, my journalistic side really likes it because I get to learn a lot. Uh, two books I would recommend that are not in anything like the one I'm listening to. Now. I like Audible, by the way. I like reading, but I like Audible and listening to books because driving to from work or when I'm folding laundry or doing dishes you're doing something and I'm listening and quote unquote reading a book so I do like mm -hmm. that um, I would recommend I always recommend this book to people um, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho who is a Brazilian author I love that book it is it gives you a perspective different perspective in life it kind of shows you I, I don't I don't even like to explain what it taught me and what I learned from it because I feel like I give it away <laughs> give yeah. away what the book is about but it just gives you a different perspective in life and like the search that we go on for looking for success and looking for what we think is success and then and figuring out what it truly means um, and it's a book about that and a book about coming home to yourself and um yeah, so I recommend that book. Also, recently, uh, a friend of mine recommended this book to me. It's called The Midnight Library. And that's mm -hmm. another book um, that I found very interesting because it's also, and that's fiction. Both of those are fiction. And I typically don't read fiction, but those, those are very good fiction books that I would recommend. Um, and The Midnight Library 
is um, about um, a lady who goes to a library and reads Mm -hmm. and lives all of these books that would have been different lives she could have had Mm -hmm. because, you know, she's kind of upset with her life. So she, it's like a dream that she goes to this library and gets to live different lives, like pick a book that's going to be your life. And then she, all these things that she learns throughout. And again, I think that it's kind of a similar theme, a a book about coming home and figure to yourself and things like that. So yeah, those two are very good. Are they (laughs) they, they in English? Are they in English or are they, because you said, yes. uh, Okay. Yeah, they're both in, they're in English. Uh, the Alchemist, uh, I didn't read in Portuguese, but it is available in English as well. I have the English version here at home too. Uh, and that's the beauty about knowing other languages. You can read in different languages too. Yes, yes it is. Yeah. Because I read my news in Spanish sometimes. So There you go. <laughs> I like that. Okay, and what is your favorite Brazilian food, if you have to say? Oh one, gosh. one dish. Uh, okay. Uh, one thing I would have to say, my mind is automatically going to, this is like a snack. It's not really a dish. Um, we call it pastel and it's the Brazilian empanada, if you will. It's a Brazilian empanada, but, but we call it pastel and just the dough is very different. It's then, then in, in empanada, it's like, then it's the same shape, I guess. And it mm-hmm. looks like a handheld thing and you fill it up with whatever you want, either chicken, cheese, yeah, you can even make whatever. pastries with it because I just had that visiting my parents recently. So yeah, it's like really thin. Um, oh. Yeah, it's a really thin fried. You know, it's it's really good pastel. So we call it. I'm gonna say that because that's what came to my mind immediately right now. It sounds um, like you're saying yeah. pastel cake. But, mm-hmm. I was like pastel. Oh, okay. I know. It's, yeah, it's the same Thanks. word pastel, but it would just mean something different for us. P A S. P-E-L-E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In yeah. Spanish, it's the same. Oh, it's pastel. And it's spelled out that way. You see? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And it means like, cake. Have, no. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. have some similarities. And like, yeah. you know, with Mexico and, you know, Brazil, mm-hmm. Spanish and Portuguese. Yeah. So tell me something only yeah. a handful of people know about you before we go. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard question. Uh. I, I don't know. On, only a handful of people would know. Yeah. Mm. Like your family members. If you don't want to share, that's okay. Because it is a question that it's like, tell me only a handful <laughs> of people know about you. If you don't. <laughs> I mean, I know, I'm know i sure there are a few things, but. Um, that your viewers and now your listeners. <laughs> don't yeah. Know. I'm trying to think of something that, gosh. I know you have a dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So the, she's my mom's dog, actually. I just uh, dog you just sit took sometimes. Her? Oh, I thought you uh, were just no. like. <laughs> no, when my mom travels, she she leaves her here. Um, gosh, that's hard. I can take my family calls me Jay in, okay. uh, in Brazil, my Brazilian family, my Portuguese speaking family. That's my nickname growing up. Nobody really calls me by my name, Jay, which would be short for Jennifer. Jay. Yeah. And my mom told me that my grandpa wanted my name to be Jocasta. Jocasta. Uh, yeah. Why Jocasta? Because there was a soap opera at the time when she was pregnant and he really liked the actress who played Jocasta on the she was a character in the soap opera. So that that was her name, Jocasta. So that's what my grandpa wanted my name to be, my mom's dad. So my mom picked a Jennifer, I think also from a movie or something. Cause you know, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't put that as your middle name, Jocasta, Jennifer Jocasta. That actually you know, sounds really they, good. I don't think so. Jennifer Jocasta. You could have, well, that could have been your last name for TV. Jennifer Jocasta. <laughs> Jennifer Jocasta is live. I know. Springfield, and, Missouri. And if they had named, named me that, I mean, my, now they, you know, they call me Jay. If it had been Jocasta, they would have called me Jo. Joe. 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 That yeah. sounds like a guy's Joe. My name is Joe. Joe, Joe Pasta. Joe. <laughs> well, there you go. Yes. That's well, not the only my family knows. It. <laughs> well, Jennifer, um, I think that's all I have for you. Um, thank you so um, much for joining me today. Seriously. Yeah, thank you. It was a yeah, pleasure having you. you. It was a pleasure having uh, you. And 
and learning so much about what you do exactly as a journalist in a local news station. I know working with you, I saw you going in and out of the uh, digital room where I worked at before. And yeah, your work is so inspiring, especially as a Latina journalist. You don't meet that many, especially in the Midwest. So mm -hmm. to me, it's a very inspiring and to many others, especially who are listening. Um, we don't we don't meet a lot of Latina journalists and uh, we are very grateful to have you. Oh my gosh, like thank just, you so much. This is so exciting. And it's great to see the work you guys are doing too and bringing this community together because there are a few of us lost out, you know, everywhere here in the Midwest too. Like you said, we don't have very many of us. So it's great to have a platform where we can all come together. Exactly, yes. All right. Well, there you have it. Thank you again for listening to Epifania Presents Relate and Elevate podcast. Please don't forget to check us out and subscribe. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Epifiana Presents Relate and Elevate. You can find us anywhere as Epifiana Mag. That is E-P-I-F-A-N-I-M-A-G. And we can't wait to see you out there on the internet. Have yourself a wonderful day. Bye.